Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Thibaut. And I'm Ara. Every week, we interview thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. During 30 to 45 minutes, we will deep dive into topics like modern prospection, pipeline management tactics, or innovative sales tools to help you navigate the complex world of B2B sales. We're on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever, yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to know more about our sales training and coaching programs, go to www.saleslabs.io. I repeat, www.saleslabs.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. Thanks for joining, Dave. Happy to have you there um, on the Sales Lab virtual tour. So um, just to explain the concept, it's going to be an Ask Me Anything today, where uh, we're going to have like uh, people who submitted questions, already some people who will be able to submit live questions, and then you're going to be able to answer that. And the idea is really today to talk about, uh, you know, what's happening in the mind of a CSO, of a global chief sales officer. Uh, and so before we actually go and ask questions, can you maybe tell us a bit more about yourself and uh, who you are? Yeah, sure. Um, so currently I am the uh, chief sales officer over at uh, Allbound and, and previous to, uh, I've been there for also, I've been there for a year, a year as of last Tuesday, I think. So, so right at the uh, anniversary okay. mark. But previous to that, I was a chief revenue officer at a uh, company called Winmo. And I was actually there for just about a, a decade. So it, you know, we it started as a uh, we were a very small startup in mm-hmm. uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, operating kind of a, a warehouse, uh, probably twenty less than twenty employees. Um, you know, pretty pretty small ARR at that point, and uh, you know, help help grow that to a you know international organization with uh, offices in in New York, uh, in London. I went through. Uh, many different uh, acquisitions and creative acquisitions. And I was part of uh, a team that sold the company uh, to private equity uh, mm-hmm. back in, in 20, 2018. Um, so it was bootstrapped the, the entire way. So we did not take any, we, we took a, a round of uh, round of debt to purchase mm-hmm. a, our, our first acquisition. And that was, that was it. Okay. So it, it, it was a very uh, lucrative uh, exit for our, uh, for our CEO and, and founder. Uh, and it was a really great experience. Uh, and prior to that, and, and I guess one of the things that, that makes me kind of unique, uh, I feel in my position that every person underneath me, I, I've been in their role at, at some point in my mm-hmm. career. So I started in SaaS as an SDR at a company called MF, MFG.com. So I was picking up the phones, cold calling, and, and uh, you know, didn't, didn't have the, the sales loss and the outreach of the world. So it was just pounding a, a bunch of uh, emails out there. Uh, and then I, I moved into account management or CS mm-hmm. position. So I, I did that for I think a, about 18 months and then moved into an AE position, uh, did that for about a year. And then that's when I, I transferred over to, to Winmo and saw that growth. So that's kind of the, the, the short and sweet version uh, of uh, at least my SaaS career. Okay. Okay. And so now at Allbound, you are, uh, what are you doing? So at Allbound now, I you know I, I came in to help grow and scale the organization uh, and and have uh, kind of a similar success as as uh, what transpired in in Winmo. So um, I, I was really intrigued about the uh, PRM space, 
you know, dabbled a, a little bit in terms of uh, partners and, and uh, channel, um, but didn't know know too much about it, but but knew there was a, a, gi- a giant need um, mm-hmm. for PRM uh, in this space. So joined and uh, immediately started uh, hiring and, and ramping up the team. So hiring uh, account executives, hiring, uh, you know, a head of uh, head of channel sales ops, uh, we, uh, funny story, we actually opened our, our UK office and I hired my managing director in, in March, uh, mm-hmm. right before COVID. So the plan was to bring Meshach, uh, who's an MD over there to Atlanta for two weeks. So he came, spent about two days in Atlanta and that's when, uh, president Trump said, Hey, we're going to close borders, uh, the next day. So the next morning he, he shot back to, to the UK, but during, during COVID, he was able to hire, uh, two sales sales reps in an FDR uh, and scaled the team and onboard the team and really successfully. Uh, so it's been great to see. And they just got together for the first time a few weeks back face to face. It's the first time they've ever met each other um, prior to COVID. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're looking to grow. We're, um, you know, we're scaling up. We're, we're talking to larger, uh, more enterprise level customers. Um, and obviously we're, we're building out and, and taking advantage of a lot of opportunity in, in Europe as well right now. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. I guess there's a lot of companies that hired many people without even, even seeing them face to face. And then there must be this kind of weird feeling where you meet someone, you've been working with this person for six months. you like, oh, first time we meet. So I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty cool. We're all kind of strangers to each other now because I've done that a lot where I was hiring companies, people from the US, I worked with them and then they came and I was like, oh, it's nice to see you in, uh, in real time. And now it's the case with people who live also in the same city as us. So it's interesting. Yeah, it, it, and it's funny, you know, we, I don't think this would be possible to ramp a team up as quickly as, as Meshach and I were able to do without, you know, some of the technology that we have. Because, you know, 10 years ago, without the, you know, the technology like a gong or a chorus or the call recording, I think it would have been a lot more difficult. Whereas now, you know, even before we have any employees start, we can send them over, you know, discovery calls and, and demo calls and, yeah. and group conversations and training that we've had. So the I, I see the ramp time, you know, accelerating like it's never been before. So it's just fantastic that these tools are out there to, to help. Yeah, definitely. This they, they saved us, I would say. <laughs> Cool. So we're going to go and uh, and jump to the the questions. So um, can we have some uh, questions there? We have, so how is your sales team organized? First question. Yeah. So good good question. So right now um, our our sales team is organized by uh, geo target. So we have, uh, I've got a team in the U S and a team, obviously that, that uh, Meshach's running in in, uh, EMEA. One of the things I, I, I did at, Wimo that really helped I think us a scale a good bit was you know identifying you know different verticals um, so we we started to verticalize uh, and and you know focus on, on specific industries and you know attack those industries by placing not only the you know initially aes but then having SDRs focus on the industry having uh, account managers focus on that industry as well uh, I think that uh, you know the, you're able to you know speak the language. Um, you're, you're able to connect with specific people within that industry, follow them on LinkedIn, you know, sell to them o- over and over again. So you know, a- as we scale uh, and continue to scale at all bound, you know, we'll, we'll probably be looking at the, the same. I'll be looking at the same you know opportunities to um, you know segment and, and focus uh, that the team. 
Okay. So for now, it's like by geographics, and then you know you may expand inside of this by by uh, vertical, right? It could be by could be by by vertical. It could be by by size. Maybe the number of, of partners. So we're we're I'm still kind of very much exploring the, the possibilities as it relates to that. But mm -hmm. uh, I think there there are a few different options that, that we can go down. So we we've uh, I've also got an SDR team. Uh, and uh, one of the first things I did as well is we we had an SDR team that was doing inbound and outbound. Mm -hmm. So what what I did was kind of segment that group. So now got an outbound team, 100% focused on on you know doing outbound and mm -hmm. and eating and, and living that on a daily basis. And then uh, someone that that's really focused on on inbound uh, and now is reporting into marketing because mm -hmm. about 70 to 80% of her time was spent in in marketing okay. uh, and working with marketing anyway. So. Okay. Um, so recently moved her. Okay, that's interesting that you you separated like the SDRs in in. Uh, I mean, the, the inbound outbound is very common, but like the separation having outbound reporting to sales and inbound to marketing is interesting. Do, do you have some? Uh, so um, how is he working in terms of alignment for uh, for these people? So I guess outbound is 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 maybe easier. Inbound may be different. So how do you align everyone there? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I think both present their own set of challenges in, in terms of inbound and, and outbound. Um, but the, the alignment is there, there's still, you know, our, the person that we have doing inbound, yes, is, is reporting up to marketing, but still in the uh, weekly meetings with the outbound SDR team and, and still a big kind of uh, component to, to their success. So what, what she's doing is going in and, and helping a create list, um, identify opportunities within Salesforce. Mm -hmm. So the outbound team can actually target that. So she's assisting the outbound team in terms of finding and bubbling up opportunities. Yeah. So they spend less time researching and more time they have during the day to actually, you know, make phone calls, send out email, connect with people on, on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, so that, you know, that the, the relationship is still very tight with the outbound team. Uh, it's just, you know, a lot of what she was doing is it was very much, you know, doing from like having like a drift type thing on the website and, and focus on, on that. So, um, but it, it's really important, I think, even when you do that, especially as a smart company to keep the, um, you know, keep the teams very, very closely aligned as yeah. well. Okay. Okay, good. Uh, we have another question here, which is what KPIs are you tracking? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it depends by, by department a, a, as well. Um, but obviously, you know, your typical things like uh, sales cycle, uh, ACV, discount percentage. Um, we're looking at, you know, one of the things we're, we're starting to look at is uh, starting to get a better understanding of how many demos are we doing and, you know, how many demos are like, what, how does that affect the, the sales cycle? Um, so, you know, w w I think always, especially as you grow, as you, you know, start training the team, like right now, it's, it's relatively easy with when you have a small team, as that team grows, you really need to identify through data and, and KPIs and analysis of, of how do you, how do you help each account executive? So one of the things I, I used to do a lot of Winbo is on a weekly basis, we'd look at the sales cycle and how long it takes to go through each opportunity stage. So if you could, you know, if you had 15 reps and you see that, you know, it's taking Bob a week to go through the first stage, but it's taking him four months to go to, to get to close. And the, the average for the team is two months. 
there, there's a problem there. Mm -hmm. So that's where I or the sales manager needs to go and really hone in like what's going on. I, I know where Bob needs to help, obviously, but I know where the, the, the focus needs, needs mm -hmm. to be. Um, and, and, you know, stuff like uh, Gong and, and course and, and things have, have helped tremendously uh, with that as well. But that's a, that's a big one for us um, from a, a sales standpoint. It was some of those uh, KPIs that, that we're, we're trying to get. Um, we have for our you know, customer success team, um, we have you know, different KPIs that show engagement of our platform. Mm -hmm. So to really identify what, what customers are engaging heavily uh, with, uh, with Allbound and, and what maybe, you know, needed a little help or assistance or push so we can focus our, our time and attention from a CS standpoint on, on those that um, maybe just aren't utilizing uh, the full potential uh, mm -hmm. of the platform. So seeing those engagement me metrics are, are really important. And then, you know, from an SDR standpoint, I think that's kind of a, a work in progress still, but obviously we're, we're looking at in sales loft is a, a tool we use so we can go in and see, you know, what, what emails are getting the best open rate, reply rate, um, you know, what, how, how many um, touch points on average uh, does it take to, to reach out to a specific individual? We're, we're starting to get a little bit smarter how we segment our, our emails mm -hmm. within a company. So the, we know that when you're thinking about purchasing something like Allbound, you have CROs, CMOs, and, and channel leads all in the mix. But yeah. they all have different pain points and different expectations and, and different use cases for all bounds. So we're, we're getting smarter about how we segment within the company our, our messaging to each one of those yeah. different, different titles and, and individuals uh, okay. as well. So I'd like to bounce back on, on that. So on the segmentation based on the, which person are you, you're getting there. So you said you had like mm -hmm. CROs were, you know, were interesting. A channel manager, also a partner manager. So, um, what are the typical pain points that that, that will this, that these people will have? Let's say the CR, the C level, and then the, uh, the the channel managers. Yeah, so the channel managers have have the biggest pain point because they're the ones that are doing a lot of the manual tasks that mm -hmm. Allbound solves for. So, you know, having to keep up with, um, you know, it, it, a lot of reports say that forty to 50% of a CSM's time is spent just tracking down leads, where leads are, the status, and, and sharing that with their partner. Yeah. So what Allbound's able to do is you, you go in, you can, you can um, submit a lead, that goes to our, our customers, they can approve it, they can decline it. And mm -hmm. then the partner has transparency now onto where that lead is going, to you know, as it's going to different stages, as the ACV goes up or down, as the close rate changes, mm -hmm. so you're not having to having to track that that down. So, from a, a channel perspective, we're making their lives a hundred times easier. So it's it's not a difficult sell there. From a from a marketing side or CMO side, we have a, a content repository mm -hmm. as well um, that is incredibly valuable to marketing. But more more importantly than that, they we provide analytics as well into what the partners are actually looking at mm -hmm. from a, from a content perspective. So yeah. they can, they can look and say, Oh, here are my hundred partners. I've got, you know, a thousand sales reps here and here are the top 15 uh, content views and here are the bottom 15. Mm -hmm. So now I know what types of content I need to be creating based on the, the views. So it, it, it makes them more efficient and, and provides them. It, it's a time saving for them as well. So okay. 
a lot of times a partner might be, you know, dealing with a competitor and want to know, hey, do you have a battle card for X, Y, Z? So as, a, as opposed to having a marketing person spend time finding it, sending the email, that now all, all lives in our, 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 uh, our platform. So there's a time-saving component there. And then from a CRO, they're really considered, you know, concerned about, you know, that what is, what is a revenue opportunity? Yeah. You know, if we get on all bound, what, you know, how much more revenue can we ascertain? Can we get from our, our partners? So, you know, the, the nitty gritty and the tactical isn't as important to them as much as how is it going to increase, increase revenue and, and, and make the company more money overall. So how you approach each one, because there are different components that make a lot of, you know, sense to the channel, whereas a, a specific component is really valuable to marketing and CMO, whereas the CROs, like, they don't really care about features as, as much as here's where we're able to save time or, you know, uh, um, eliminate, you know, things that are, are not very efficient mm -hmm. in, in your partner uh, process right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's something I always, I always tell to, to people who attend my training is like, first, you know, the first thing is, uh, I like to do an ICP metrics where you got like on, on at the top, you will get like ideal customer companies, and then you're going to mm -hmm. get a segment, uh, by ideal customer titles. And then, yep. you know, often the C or VP level, they, they will have a certain kind of, uh, a certain amount of things they care for. I think I have a card here so uh, you know skip miller from m3 learning you know this guy or uh i don't think so no no okay so yeah i did a training uh, he did like you know i have a small card here uh, a while ago and um you know the people typically at the top let's say you call them the above the line buyers they care often about roi risk leverage brand and time which are very different things than what we always talk about in our outreach. We always say, hey, with this, you know, you're going to make uh, more sales, whatever thing. And um, as you said, the people who are the channel managers who are really in the pain of having to kind of work with this data manually, you talk about that, but people always have different reasons. And it's just like uh, he said, he's just like speaking different languages. Let's say the decision maker or the above the line buyer will talk Russian. If you don't talk Russian and you speak Spanish, which is the language of the channel manager, you're not going to yep. get hurt. And so often it's really yep. about doing that. And this is surprising because a lot of companies are not doing it. They just have one simple messaging with like three USPs that are just very generic. And, you know, it lands nowhere and people just like and not answering to that. Oh, absolutely. It's, 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 a, it's a broken broken process as it relates to that. Because, yeah, that. that you know, very generic emails and, you know, a lot of times they're, they're okay, maybe you are sending it out to three people within that organization, mm -hmm. but the, the message isn't going to resonate to two out of the three. And then yeah. the other problem is that, you know, I see, I have seen before as well, is that, you know, SDRs especially will, will do a lot of research and, and find really good opportunities and then find one, one contact mm -hmm. at, at that company and, and just, you know, Start, start reaching out to that, that one contact without doing additional research and, and, you know, finding three or four contacts that might be a really good fit mm -hmm. and, and catering the message to, to each of them. You're, you're greatly increasing your odds doing that versus sending a, you know, 11 step cadence to one person yeah. uh, on the team. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And now we have so much data, like a digital footprint we can use. People are doing a lot of things on LinkedIn, uh, on social. So we can use all of these to actually get in touch and, and I think it's, it's never been so easy uh, in terms of tools and technology we have when we prospect to get in touch in front of our buyers 
but that's been it's super busy. But what is crazy is that um, you know it's it, in the platform in you know like let's say the technology we have, um, it's all very email oriented or call call oriented. I found. And these channels are super busy. So there are other channels. LinkedIn is working really well if your customer that are there. But I was talking the other day with a guy from Sendozo, for example, where you send a personalized gift that can also be interesting. So I think it's, it's very easy. It's just about how creative are we, uh, you know, are, are we in our outreach? And I think, you know, before it was maybe persistency and, uh, and, and you know, just being resilient. Now, it's, I think really being successful as an SDR or doing cold outreach is really about creativity, I think, more than before. Yeah, yeah, and to your point, you know, there, there are a lot of great tools out there that make everyone's job so much easier, but I, I see a lot of people that don't know how to leverage those tools correctly. So it, it, it leads to a lot of laziness. It's like, oh, I, I can leverage this, this platform now and send out a thousand emails in five minutes, fantastic. And, you know, uh, and they think that's a, that's the best way to do it, but, you know, they're, they're, they're reply rate is, is zero, um, you know, and what it does, it actually erodes your brand mm -hmm. and, and makes it much more difficult for anyone down the road to be able to go in and, and be successful in terms of finding a, finding an opportunity to getting a, getting a discovery call with that individual. So it's, you know, it, there's some great tools out there, but you, you gotta be very smart and, um, in terms of how you, how you leverage those mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good. Yeah. So we have some other question here. Um, what's your biggest pain point right now? Biggest pain point. Yeah. As a CS overall. Um, biggest pain point. I, I mean, I, th I think it's always just, you know, identifying the, the best and fastest way to, to grow um, and be efficient doing, doing so. So, um, you know, I think there, there are always a, a lot of different, you know, opportunities out there. It's, it's where for me, it's where I need to spend, spend my time. Cause it's really easy a lot of times to, and I've done this in the past is, is lose control of your calendar and, and lose control of, of what's important mm -hmm. in, in your focus. Um, so for, for me, I'm, I'm always trying to identify what, what are the one or two areas I, I really need to focus on. Uh, for growth, uh, you know, in in the more the mid to long term, and, and try to try to keep that in in mind, write it on a notepad or, or something like that, because it's it's very easy, as, as I'm sure everyone here is aware, to get you know get too focused and end up in the weeds and and get way too tactical, and you know you're you're working in the business, not on the business, and um, so really really finding that that time. And, and what I try to do is. Uh, try to get either once a week or at least, you know, e even once a day, I'm not real good about the once a day, but to spend time where I'm just kind of thinking about, about opportunities where there's no distractions, putting my phone yeah. away, um, getting off of zoom, you know, for, for the first time in sometimes like eight hours and just really giving it thought, maybe having a notepad. Um, yeah. So I have no distractions and, and, you know, some of the, some of the, my best thoughts and ideas and, um, come from come from that so I, I highly recommend any anyone not doing that to try to eke out 10 minutes a day uh to go and we, we had a consultant come in one time and that was his big thing was you, you get paid to think and to spend 10 minutes like put yourself in a room get no no distractions no devices maybe a piece of paper and just think 
and, you know, write some things down. And, and I found going through that exercise, it was invaluable because I'm, I'm one of those people that always has a device, you know, attached to their hip and, you yeah. know, I'm a zero inbox kind of person. So I'm always, you know, if I don't respond to an email pretty quickly, then I'm not like it's gone. Yeah. So that, that presents a challenge to me. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. What you said about um, it's very easy to be in the tactics and, and not really like take the time to, to think strategically. And um, I mean, that's not something I really live also a lot. Um, I have the luxury to not have any employees working for me, so I don't need to go in meetings all the time. So I don't have too many Zooms. And, and I have this kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of this, this paper here where I just write down tons of things like that. And I found, yeah, yeah. being away from your computer, your Zoom, and all your notifications really help. And uh, for me, it's, it's um, every quarter I try to do that. And I, I try to find three main focus. And so for now, for example, I, I have like... Uh, um, turn business into awareness, not turn awareness into business. That's one of my focus. Uh, the other one is like create con quality content fast and then build pipeline. These are my three things. And every morning I have this written down and I'm like, what am I doing now to build my pipeline to turn awareness into business and then to uh, create quality content fast. And then it's, it's very interesting because that's the three kind of like, that's my North, North star for Q4. And that's just mm -hmm. the things, everything I do, I'm like, is it serving one of these three goals? And, and it's always really helpful because there are countless opportunities nowadays. And it's so very so easy to just run after the other one. And, and you know, distracted. especially for me, I love novelty. So I get bored about things very fast. So I just like like to jump everywhere. And I think it's, uh, it's yeah, it's a big problem whenever you have so much freedom in what you do. Yeah, for sure. And I, I like the fact you're writing it down as well. I, I think that's really important to make sure you, the visual component, uh, I think, is really important. Yeah. Um, so so you have that focus. But, you know, putting time on, on, on your calendar to, to not have these meetings and, and not, you know, do X, Y and Z and just just time to think and, and time for yourself. I, I think, you know, for, for someone in, in uh, my role, sometimes that that's hard. So I need to mm -hmm. do that and, and put that on my calendar. Or I'm not going to I'm not going to get it. So. Uh, having a reoccurring meeting on my calendar to do that. And, and also one of the things is, you know, take a, if you're managing a team or, or anything like that, take a look at your meetings and, and, you know, really identify are all the meetings that you're having, are they, you know, constructive, um, you know, or should you change things up? Cause I, I feel a lot of times we get kind of stuck in a rut or we had the same meetings with the same itinerary and it's just kind of, you know, slow motion through the same, same stuff, but there's not a, a lot of value coming coming from that. Yeah. So I think there's always an opportunity to really look hard at, at whether the meeting is important and you need to be having it, or is there a different way to kind of spice it up and, and mm -hmm. keep it a little bit more interesting, provide a little bit more, more value as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that's always important, especially if you have an international team as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that that might be a topic for, for later, but you know, we have a, like I mentioned, a, a UK team now, and then we have a, a team in Arizona as well. So depending mm -hmm. on the time difference, it's seven to eight hours. So, yeah. you know, but we're, we're able to find a, a time that ends up being kind of mid-morning East Coast, morning for them and, and uh, more of the afternoon for the UKs. But it, it's not only having the meeting and, and getting a, a chance to work with them, but also giving them the opportunity to, to present and be a part of it is, yeah. is really important in terms of that engagement because it, 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 it can be very difficult um, you know, managing a team that's uh, across the pond, especially when you're starting up, um, it's very difficult to feel like your own, yeah, your own island. Um, yeah, 
I've experienced that where you know you start the, the office in uh, in EMEA and the companies in the US in uh, was yeah, West Coast, so it's I think nine hours. So yeah. basically, you can start talking to your colleagues at at four, and uh, and sometimes they were you know that's one thing we hate in Europe. We have uh, if you put a, a meeting at seven p.m. on a Friday, that's going to be really tough. And so it's very easy to put a meeting because it's going to be like eleven your time. I mean, in, uh, if you're in California, so I think it's. Uh, it's super important. It's very challenging, you know, when when you have all these teams to find the uh, to align everyone, and also just like the dynamic of the day when you're you're in the morning, you're fresh. When let's say you had a big heavy day, and you just want to go home, you're not fresh at all. So I think it's a uh, it's a bit challenging to play around that. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, to and to be cognizant of your, you know, who's attending the meeting. For example, having a a meeting that that equates to someone seven o'clock on a Friday. Like n- no one's going to want to go in that meeting. You're you're not going to get a quality meeting out of that. So yeah. Um, yeah. exactly, exactly. So uh, another question is like, which markets are you focusing on in EMEA? Yeah. So so really, we are focusing on most all of um, Western Western Europe right now. Mm-hmm. So you know, there, there's some challenges as it relates to you know, some GDPR and, and, you know, more restrictive double opt-ins in, in Germany and things like that. So, you know, that we're still, a, a lot of the low-hanging fruit for our UK team is still like you know, UK. Um, and so we, we haven't, we spent some time, you know, going after some other countries, but right now there's so much low-hanging fruit right now. And in uh in england and in kind of the vicinity that that we're kind of focused on on that but um you know we, we've always thought that and you know we're, we're starting to pay a little bit more more focus to the, the nordics and mm-hmm. they seem you know obviously a, a lot of english speaking there as well as uh, a propensity to look at and, and purchase software mm-hmm. uh, that I've, i found in the past so um go, going down that route but that's that's kind of where we're focused right now we we've you know, what propelled us to get into the European market was that we went from 0% of our sales being outside of the U.S. to 15% all organically. Like we weren't advertising, we weren't spending any marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the buzz got around, word of mouth got around. And so we, we knew there was a huge opportunity to capitalize uh, on Europe by having a, you know, having a team there and then, you know, allocating some, some marketing dollars to, to Europe as well. So, We'll, we'll start diving into more, you know, get more kind of focused as it relates to various countries. But right now we're just going after all the all low, low hanging fruit that, that's okay. there. Okay. And so have you found, because for me, a lot of uh, things, I mean, a lot of people are, in reps I'm training have difficulties in the UK because the thing is, it's a very crowded market. Because if you are a US company, you will first go in UK because it's, it's like same language. So it's going to be a lot easier. Did mm-hmm. you experience that? Yeah, I mean, I I don't see it as a as a huge difference in um, th- than the U.S. Uh, but I I think it depends on what you're selling as well and how crowded that that market is. It, the good thing about you know PRM is that we're still in the kind of the infancy of partner relationship management. So um, you know there there is a lot of um, a lot of a lot of prospects, uh, even very large prospects that you know haven't haven't purchased this before. And are very interested in, in PRM, so it, it's not as crowded as maybe a, you know, if I was selling marketing automation or yeah. uh, sales intelligence or, or something like that. 
Yeah, exactly. And good transition to the next question, which is, what is the latest sales tool you purchased and why? The latest. So the latest was probably, I think it was ocean.io. It was actually purchased by the, uh, by our EMEA team. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're always looking at, you know, great data resources for, uh, for the UK and EMEA. And uh, we were checking out ocean.io and uh, looking at that and, and had a good, good trial with them and, and just got a, a purchase with them okay. uh, recently. But, you know, we, we, we have a very, and I'll talk a little bit more about our sales stack. We have a very um, comprehensive, I, I think, sales stack for, for being a, a company of our size. So we, we use Salesforce as a CRM. We use Gong, as, a, as I mentioned. We have a sales law, um, you know, Lincoln, obviously. Um, we have, uh, lead IQ licenses, uh, to be able to extract mm -hmm. emails from, from LinkedIn, zoom, zoom info, uh, ocean.io. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. I think that's, that's about okay. it. And ocean.io is basically like zoom info, but for Europe or, or what's the. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're like a zoom info, but okay. focus more on, um, on Europe and, and EMEA. So Zoom, I, I think, is, is getting there, but, mm -hmm. you know, they're were, they were kind of weak on, on the um, European market. Uh, so, Okay. If you're looking for, uh, if you, at some point you're checking Benelux as a, as a big market, you can check a company called Venu, venu.io, and uh, they, they are really good. So it's one of my customers, and they are, they are really excellent with data. Uh, it, it, actually, if you want to sell in Netherlands, that's just perfect because they people in Netherlands have a lot of money. They're very hard hard negotiators, but it's a great market to go, and um, and so it's uh, yeah, it's, it's also it's really really cool. So you can check that also. Yeah, no, definitely. Thanks. And now, um, how do you build brand awareness outside of the US? Yeah, so. Um... You know, I, I think that probably the, the best person to speak to would be our head of marketing, Tori, which, who does a great job there. But we, we also contracted with a PR company to mm -hmm. help us with press releases and um, writing articles and trying to get the, the, the word out. So we, we've been doing that. Obviously, we've been doing a lot more <clears throat> SEO targeted specifically for that market, paid, paid advertising uh, targeted to that, that market as well. So allocating dollars there, but um, you know, so far we, we just started with the uh, the PR agency and, and and have gotten some pretty good results. Mm -hmm. uh, well, from a leading indicator, we you know some some good results and engagement from a lagging indicator in terms of does that equate to to revenue and deals and opportunities? More more to come there. Uh, we don't yeah. we don't quite know, but um, we're we're getting some more engagement for sure. I mean, if you could f prove the ROI of a PR agency, I think you would be a millionaire because, the, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, PR is so hard to, uh, you know, it's so complicated to kind of uh, <clears throat> put the brand out there and see what's the result. So, yeah. It, it's easy. hard to get that attribution. It's, it's like, you know, some of the ABM stuff that we're doing, it's, it's, you know, it's valuable. I think it's very valuable, but, you know, there's, there's not a great way to get direct attribution from, yeah. from the, the level of effort. So I think that's always, always a challenge. Yeah, exactly. And um, yes, yeah, so, 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 um, so you have some kind of PR strategy for EMEA specific or how does it work in your case? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's definitely more UK specific. I, I'm not sure I haven't been involved. It was really been my uh, managing director 
Meshack in, in London and uh, Tori, who has up our marketing team, that's really been focused on on uh, engaging with that with that company. So I'm, I'm not sure specifically, like tactically, what you know what they're up to. Um, but yeah, it, the, the focus has been really on on uh, UK and then kind of an ancillary focus on on uh, Europe as a whole okay. as well. Okay. Okay. Good. And so for me, I have a question regarding the 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 tech stack you have. The, let's say mm-hmm. sales tech. So you told about Kong, um, and so so I'd be curious because you you know I see a lot of like uh, um, let's say marketing facing material they do. They are really good at being there out there on LinkedIn. You see, just basically you only see them. Um, and so so I'm curious. Did you like about, as a user? How do you feel about it about Gong? Like, what's the uh, because I know they they have like. Uh, uh, really good claims. I know people are really happy about it. What's the difference it brought for you, uh, you know, for your team as a as a CSO? Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot. I'm, I'm a big big proponent of, of things like Gong um, for for a lot of different reasons. Number one is it's kind of what I mentioned before and alluded to in terms of just onboarding. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember, and I'm I'm probably going to, sh- you know. Uh, give away my age a little bit, but back in the day when I first started managing, you know, I'd onboard a new AE and we'd have to wait for a phone call to, you know, get them to experience what a demo is like. Then we'll have a splicer that goes yeah. so they could, they get them their headphones. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, we, yes, we had classrooms and we'd go over some, um, some role play, but it, it wasn't like experience the, the, the real thing. So the, you know, the time it took to ramp a account executive up was, was longer. Mm-hmm. Um, now, even before someone starts, once they sign the offer letter, it could be two weeks. We start sending them a bunch of, you know, gongs in terms of, Hey, here's a, here's a demo. Listen to this. Here's a discovery call. Mm-hmm. Here's, um, something that we did about a new feature or what, what all bounds are all about. Here's a recent sales meeting that we had that we think that might be valuable. So they're coming in, you know, sometimes day one with a better understanding about what all bound is and, and how to sell all bound than, you know, back in the day, it took months to, to get yeah. those. So, so for me, especially during COVID, uh, and as we were ramping up that that UK team, it, it's been it's been a really really powerful tool. So that that that's number one. Num- number two is um, you know it's great for you know sometimes, and uh, I know this might be shocking. Sales reps don't always put the best notes in in Salesforce. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> crazy, I know. But so <laughs> you know when when something comes up. And, you know, the, our client success team wants to, you know, analyze or, or listen to a call or, or wants to better understand what a, a prospect was asking or what a, I guess one of our new customers was asking back in the day. They can just go into Gong. They can search calls. They can search for specific keywords. That's, that's really powerful mm-hmm. to get a better understanding of, of what our, our prospects are after. So that, that's another one. The other thing I like is that they're providing more and more. There's more of a you, I can see all the deals that, that we're going to close this month, according yeah. to Salesforce, because we have that integration. And then I can see the last touch points. So, for example, if we have uh, one of my reps saying, hey, this deal is going to close in November, but I'm looking, we haven't haven't spoken or sent out an email to them in October. I'm going to question whether that's a that's really a, mm-hmm. a November deal for us. It, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't seem so or, or we're missing something there. And I can yeah. analyze like there's been weeks of. Um, of just no contact and, and I can kind of dive into like why what's going on so for myself or my frontline managers they have a better understanding of, of how to you know is our 
is our pipeline legit? What 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 are the deals I need to dig in a, a little bit more on? So so that's really powerful. And then the other thing that I, I think we found really powerful as well is from a development standpoint. So we we have a um, some key words that we use that is um, I think it's uh, future dev item or, or something like that. But once they say it, it triggers a, a keyword, and that call, that snippet of that call, gets sent to our head of development, so oh. they can start understanding what our prospects and our customers are are asking for in terms of future roadmap items. Okay. So you know, it's one thing for the sales team who has kind of short memory to tell them what what we need in the product. It's another to get these snippets in real time yeah. uh, about you know what what our customers are, are looking, looking for, um, or our prospects are looking for. So that's, that's powerful as mm -hmm. well. So, okay. and just call reviews. So and finally, you know, one, one of the things we do on a weekly basis now is we'll get the team together and we'll listen to a discovery call and then we'll go in and, and as a team, we'll, we'll do some pros and cons. So, so we have two different ones that we do. One is with the sales team and another is with the head of marketing, our inbound SDR, Sometimes our CEO is on there. A lot of times actually he is in, in my sales managers. And so that's helping with the discovery process as well. So now our inbound person knows a little bit better about who's a really good qualified opportunity mm -hmm. and who's not. And it makes them better and smarter yeah. and more efficient. Um, so, you know, I, I think I gave a lot of different use cases there. Um, they're not, they're not paying me, uh, but it's, it's a very, very powerful tool that, yeah. um, we get a lot of value from. Yeah, that's I guess that's why they're they're so it's working so well for them because it's uh, it's like um, they have a good marketing, but they also have a good technology. And as in this use case you 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 kind of describe, they they sound so simple, but they they can accelerate. Just the acceleration of like onboarding is like so important, and mm -hmm. uh, because it's 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 a huge risk onboarding a rep. And, um, you know, you never really know if it's going to work because we are so good, like at reps at selling ourselves. And then you, you soften, you know, you have the impression you hire Tom Cruise and you end up with Mr. Bean. So it's, uh, it's always the, <laughs> the thing that happens in I, sales. I, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I can tell you that the two best interviews I've ever had over all my, my years, and this is interviewing hundreds and hundreds of people, two best both washed out within the first like 60 days. Yeah, like I, I was sure they were going to be the the best salespeople ever, and it was just a, a disaster. So it, yeah. you know, I think if you're batting 70 percent uh, as a uh, sales manager, you're you're in, you're in a good spot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so I don't think we have any additional questions. Um, so for me, I'd like to open the 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 stage for you. If you have anything you want to talk about, promote, whatever, this is your time. Yeah, I mean, from a from a pro promo standpoint, obviously. Um, you know, if, if uh, you know, one of the things that Allbound does really well uh, from a channel perspective and partner uh, perspective, we solve a lot of a lot of challenges that our, our customers are facing. So I already mentioned some of those, but one is just with, a, you know, their partners and a transparency issue. So, you know, partners tend to get um, lose their engagement pretty quick if they're not getting visibility into what's going on with these for example, these referral deals that they're they're sending. So Allbound provides that transparency to their partners and, and you can see the engagement from that is, is through the roof. It also helps that they're not having to email someone back and forth as it relates to content or anything like that. They can go to Allbound, 
and within seconds be in front of all the content that they need to be really successful from a reseller referral uh, standpoint. So, uh, and then from our customers, we're providing them actionable intelligence to, to be smarter about how they identify um, and, and you know know which partners are, are going to be really really good for them because the eighty twenty rule really exists um, as it relates to to, to your partners. So, twenty uh, percent of your partners are generally um, representing the, the vast majority of your revenue, but sometimes you don't know who they're, they're going to be. Yeah. So we, we had a, a really interesting story of a, of a, a customer of ours that started with us with just over 100, 100 partners. But through Allbound, they were able to get this analytics in their data, and they were able to identify that really only half were really engaged yeah. with them. So they kicked half of them to their, the curb and focus their time, limited time and attention from a partner standpoint on these 50. Well, what happened is they ended up, you know, increasing engagement and their revenue from channel went up a hundred percent. And so, and then they were also able to see what are those partners doing differently than the others and replicate that across the board with onboarding and, and training. So now they're back up to, you know, 300 plus, um, but they're really successful, really highly engaged mm-hmm. and things like that. So, I don't want to talk too much about how, how great Allbound is, but if you know if you're not using a PRM or interested to know a little bit more about how to um, how to really take your your partner program channel program to the next level, uh, we're we're here to help. Okay, good, perfect. And so, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, interested in learning more about that, how where can they get in touch? Sure. Yeah, you could go to our, our website, allbound, A-L-L-B-O-U-N-D dot com and, and submit a request or, you know, find me on LinkedIn, Dave Thompson uh, at Allbound. Reach out to me directly. Yeah. Um, happy to connect with anyone and everyone um, and answer any, any questions that, that you have as well. And, and you know, we're, we're not a, a great fit for, for everyone. You know, I, people that, that think they're going to get a PRM and partners are just going to, you know, be, be created because of it or is the same, you know, kind of logic of buying a like something like Salesforce and you're going to get sales from it. It, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So, you know, having a strategy in place and, and, you know, we, we can help with some of that, but you know, having some sort of strategy in place to grow your channel is re- really important. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to put you in touch with resources to, to help you if you're in that stage. Um, but, you know, we're, you know, if you're, if you're at that stage of, you know, you've got a clear, clear path to, to grow, and are serious about taking your, your channel uh, and partner program to the next level, I think Allbound is, uh, is the best resource out there to do so. Okay, cool. Thanks a lot. I'll, I'll include all that in the episode notes and uh, put some links. So thanks a lot, Dave. That was really nice to have you there and uh, wish you a good day then. Yeah, you too. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the invite. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, you can actually go for a small gift on my website. It's www.saleslabs.io slash ULOS. I repeat, www.saleslabs.io slash ULOS. It's my ultimate LinkedIn outreach sequence. You'll be able to download it, directly use it, and you'll be signed up for the newsletter. And every Thursday, you'll receive the latest episode.